0: It's the Bedroom Beethoven Podcast. Whoa, you just blew my mind because nobody talks about that shit. <laughs> thank you for this. Like, I was looking forward to this chat, man. I love your interviews. I thank you for what you're doing. Like, it's excellent. And um, people can continue to learn the stories of, the, of these uh, Bedroom Beethovens. Um, how did you find out about this? Are you, oh my God. Having something like this to shed light on, on, on us is amazing. Like we really need this documentation.
1: So people like you are definitely needed. episode 40 milestone right we did it everybody welcome to bedroom beethoven's the podcast where i talk with music producers and we discuss the challenges and setbacks that ultimately lead to growth and betterment as we figure out our one of the ten thousand hour journey my guest this week
0: my name is theory has uh, i'm a producer i like to rap sometimes too but like you know i love hip-hop so um so far i've like produced for like red man uh MCA from Compton Most Wanted The OG Cocaine from Ruthless Records Doggy Style Records Macklemore, XP Like the list goes on, it's crazy We talk hip-hop, faith, church, community, beats, rhythm, life,
1: culture An all-encompassing conversation that follows humble beginnings Through the new release "Muddy Mud Eye with Crumb And his new album, I Love It Down Here 5-7 collective shout out to our nick fury mr j57 that's the label the collective in the community last but not least this podcast is brought to you by the dad bod rap pod which is a hip-hop discussion podcast that has had on everyone from little brother to open Mike eagle cool keith and a whole slew of people i wish would be on this podcast but honestly that's where the respect factor comes in because if i'm peanut butter they're definitely the jelly So let's eat these sandwiches Check them out at dadbodrappod.com And before we kick off this episode Please visit bedroombeethovens.com Hit up the Patreon, support the show As always, I'm your host, Cello. My guest, Theory Has It Let's get into it I was curious about instagram specifically so i went to your first post i don't know if you're familiar man but eight years ago there your first post was uh you posted a picture of cannon beach and it had three likes on it and do you know who one of the people who liked and commented on that picture i have no idea (laughs) leon bridges man 432
0: weeks ago before anyone knew who he was oh leon bridges Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's the he's the homie, man. He's he's a fan and you know, like it's weird because now I'm a fan of his. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just working at like a bar and grill
1: in, in Texas and playing open mics when he made that comment. I was like, Wow, like I don't I don't think people know yeah nah. the connection between you two, so that's really cool. Yeah, that's that's kinda wild. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I gotta wish you a happy early birthday, man, because it's coming up.
0: How do you know
1: this stuff, man? He's done his homework, yo. Oh, man. This is only (laughs) scratching the surface, man. I got some stuff that's going to blow your mind. Oh, no. Thank you. Stuff that you can't get on
0: Wikipedia. All right, that's what's (laughs) up, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, so I I wanted you... uh, Well, let's let's start a little bit simple, man. I I wanted to know if you could paint me a picture growing up in the Portland hip-hop scene from maybe Fifth
0: Street in Kentucky. I I see a lot of locations associated with you, but where did it kind of all start? In Winchester, Kentucky, as far as, like, my uncle and my cousin like you know just playing the music i was just a fan of music it's, it pretty much started with funk the rest is history with the the just the 80s era of like you know you know how that breakdance wave came through and you know what i'm saying and you know my cousin was a mixtape dj too so um Win- winchester that's where l8 was made
1: yeah yeah love l8 what happened in Kentucky to where you had to move in middle school to Cincinnati? Because in your 11-year-old mind, like, maybe what off the bat did you notice between, like, Kentucky and Cincinnati? Like, what was the biggest contrast?
0: I would say, like, I guess black people. Like, like I, <laughs> I was, like, missing my hood. <laughs> because we moved in an area where it was, like, really, like, on the, like the outside of, like, Cincinnati uh, at first. But I was always going back and forth to uh cincinnati as a child you know because like my mom's best friend you know she's like my godmother, and uh you know they they went to college together and so she was always around you know what i'm saying we was always going back and forth to cincinnati it was kind of like a smooth transition but like hitting the school there like because we went to a different school than in in a different neighborhood from where my uh, godmother lived you know what i'm saying so it was a it was weird. It definitely put me in a different place, like, like mentally. But I got closer to the music, for sure. There, because I I became more introverted. Did you link up with High Tech there? Because I know you guys kind of share the home base. At the age of fourteen, I did. Yeah, it was. It wasn't so much of a like a tight connection at all. Because he was just like anybody else working at a studio. You know, just trying to get paid, just working a shift at a studio. He was working at this studio called Beatbox. Back then, he was just known as like Lil T. That's how, I mean, just went to the studio and Lil T was running the session. That was cool. And, you know, like, my homie's friend, like, my, my homie that I went to school with, his his older brother would take us to the studio. And uh, we would run into high tech all the time. High tech would like, f- he's like fixed like so many of my beats. Like <laughs> going up in there with like breaks on a tape and he would like, be, you know, fix it. He would go like digging his crates and find the actual break and like, and, and make things right. So yeah, man, <laughs> shout out to high tech. <laughs> What was it like having Master Ace come to your apartment at Lakota Point in 2006 to record a verse on a beat that you man, made? Man, like, come on, man. It's Master Ace, man. I'm like superstar struck. I I mean, I played all these tapes and CDs until they broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, this is post-Long Hot Summer, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it was, it was like right, I think it was like right after Long Hot Summer. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking disposable arts, but yeah, it was like Long hot Summertime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buzz must have been crazy. Yeah, it was real crazy, bro. Like, oh my God. Well, I, here's
1: one thing I wanted to talk about too, is, is is growing up in the church for you, that was cultural, correct? Yeah, for sure. Do you mean like, my grandma
0: went, so we all went, that type of thing? Oh, my mom. Nah, my grandmother did not go. You know, she was definitely a believer, and I always wonder why she didn't go. But it was like my mother, my great-grandmother did. You know, yeah, it was definitely a family thing, though. But, like, nah, my grandmother didn't go. Uh, my mom always made us go, though. My mom was the church gangster. That's And that's kind of how,
1: like, I was growing up, too. And then I wanted to kind of consider the relationship between culture and Christian faith, because... Cultural relevance has become a battle cry for some and a frustration for others. Are we expected to keep up with a culture that redefines itself every year? Is like, like, like music, you know, first we exchanged hymns for worship songs, then we gave Aunt Mabel and her organ the boot, and now the terms faith and culture and the modern and Christian meanings, they're absent. On on the whole, back in the day, the world view of the ancient world. We don't view Christianity like that anymore. Should should church be progressive? Is religion losing the war against technology? How do you feel about it? Like maybe the
0: church in 2019. How do you feel about it nowadays? I think just like anything else, like it should be used. You know, I think uh, technology should be used as a tool. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the church has the ability to grow. I, some are growing you know, with technology and doing new things. Um, I think that's important. I think I think it's important to keep it all. It's almost like, you know, kinda like knowing your history and then also, you know, making history and creating and doing new things. Tradition is cool, but of course, you know, you have to like move forward. I remember going to my boy's house and, and his wife was homesick
1: and before I knew she was sick, I, I said, you know, hey, shouldn't you and the kids be at church? And she said, oh, well, our church streams our services live online. Like you can literally watch live on any device you own anywhere or catch the message on a, on their podcast. And we, you know, it's just
0: like they've modernized the <laughs> yeah. worship space. And it's it threw me for a loop for a minute. Nah, I mean, that's dope too. But it's it is also important to be there, you know to be present in the present, you know be there in the flesh, you know what I'm saying be around people as much as I don't like being around people. I know that it's important for me to be around people so but yeah, for sure yeah that that works just I mean just fine too so and, and then the relationship with with like
1: your ideology and music uh, coincidentally uh, there's another Portland MC named Braille he kind of went that route as well. And it's like, you know, Shades of Grey was dope. It garnered praise. Uh, it, It gave him respect nationwide. It was a strong debut. And then he shut his label down and went full Christian
0: rap.
1: And I don't know if he lost momentum in the game but people I feel like are fickle they're either gonna want you to be two feet in the pool they're either gonna want you to be like full scripture rap or they don't they don't want you to dabble you can't be in between so it, it's kind of tough yeah
0: for sure yeah but like you know from watching it all you know I, I believe he he definitely like made that decision like he was very Adamant about that decision. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like nothing really made him like do it for real. Like he was just he just that was his heart. You know what I'm saying? Do you so, feel like it's in Kanye West's
1: heart, or do you think it's more of a PR stunt or a cash grab or he's taking advantage of the culture?
0: Man, you know what? I don't know, but if I was him, if I was really, really about it, you know. I would chill out. (laughs) I wouldn't have put out an album. You know what I'm saying? If I was really about it, I wouldn't have put out an album. I would definitely chill first. And then, like, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe put out an album, like, later, a year or two down the line or something like that. But if this is, like, really, like, helping him and this is not, like, you know, clout chasing or publicity stunt, like, then, yeah, I mean, I'm for it. I mean, but I'm not a fan of it. Right now, like, I'm not feeling it. Like. <laughs> I, I know he's been a thorn in your paw for a
1: long time because there was a demand for Christian rappers spearheaded by Vic from Holy Culture Radio. Uh-huh. And you and Wonder Brown made the definition. You put it up on SoundClick, and the next thing you know, people are obsessing with the old Kanye, and people are hounding you for copycat beats. There he has it was making soulful beats first. There he has it was putting the good book in his rhymes before last week when Jesus is King came out. There he has it was doing it 15 years ago. And at this point, Kanye West must be like a rash that you can't scratch away. You know, if you said you were a bit bothered, I wouldn't
0: blame you. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean... Not in that sense. It was just... I, I'm more concerned about his soul and his heart and, like, the heart of it all. Just period. Like, I'm I'm just more concerned about, like, where he is. No, we're all concerned like, for his mental health, for sure. For sure. <laughs> for, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, like, as far as, like, you know, like, the comparisons and stuff like that, it's whatever, man. Like, people do that. People are going to do that anyway. Like, with everything.
1: That's... Hey, you're you're taking them better that's strides that's cool. than me. I, I never really got the copycat beats thing. Like, hey, uh, make me a Pharrell beat or make me this. I'm like, well, why don't you just go ask him? You know what I mean? So... Right, right, right. Oh, you're taking a lot more yeah. positive
0: than I would. <laughs> I mean, for me, like, before, like, really? Like, I, it was the RZA. Like, so if I was copying anybody, it was it was the RZA. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was Mad Lib. Just where I was at, like, you know, um, people weren't really on to, like, the woo. Like, that they weren't fans of, like. Loop pack well one of the songs that put you on the map i just want to go home
1: that was that purely autobiographical
0: uh yeah that was
1: <laughs> so after church i got cussed out for being high in the choir stand that yeah. stuff like that really happened
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <for> sure. yeah
1: <laughs> well thir- 13 years later like i don't know how tired you are of hearing about the song but there's something that i wanted to get off my chest and i'm not just saying this because you're in front of me mm-hmm. but you put out a song in your 20s And the entire history of hip-hop, at least in my opinion, it has the best storytelling I've ever heard. What is your concept? If you're telling a movie, we see a lot of movies. How are you going to tell your movie differently? And I feel like your bar's told a unique story because before the chorus even kicks in, before it even gets started, in the first verse alone, you let people know at a young age you did drugs, alcohol, rolled with a bad crowd, rebelled against your parents, rebelled against the church, got pulled over by the cops, received a sentence, repented your sins— that's all before the first chorus even kicks in, and I feel like there are some rappers who can't even tell that much of a cohesive story in an entire
0: album well, you did in just one sixteen so wow, that's what's up, man. I appreciate that, man. It's crazy, <laughs> you know it was just you know. I was just keeping it real on the mic, telling the story, you know. That was a part of my testimony, so yeah. And my mama hated who I hung out with, but mama allowed it. And that's always the line that always stood out to me. Can you
1: explain that a bit?
0: Oh, man. I mean, like I was saying earlier, um, like uh, my homie, and uh, <laughs> it's like i put people on blast. Like my homie I went to school with, his brother would take us to the studio. Okay, mind you, like his brother... It was seven years older than us. And so, of course, we got into trouble. You know what I'm saying? And he, and I got, you know, like hanging around him. I'm I'm around his friends too. Like his friends are older than me too. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like that's that's pretty much it right there. I'm hanging around them and, you know, they wilding out, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, do I join in or, or what what like I just want to rap, but (laughs) it's interesting.
1: So the world, according to theory was a very interesting EP because it was around the time your daughter Eden was born. Yeah. And you know, when my daughter was born a few years ago, I'm a graphic designer by trade and I freelance. So my hours are all over the map. I'd have to hold my daughter in my left hand and work with my right hand navigating the mouse in Photoshop. And I did that for about six months. And I imagine if if you're a creative like me, you probably had to craft that EP using one arm and then the other arm using the SP five oh yeah. five. It must have been a very, very interesting process.
0: Yeah, for sure. She ended up on like a song or two. Not on that one, but like while I was making that, I was making the the necrology joint like right after that. And so like, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I don't even know how I did it. It's weird. It goes by so fast, like the time. So yeah. You finished up school four years straight.
1: But you didn't enjoy it. Like it, it had to be done. And I'm seeing a common theme. Like I want control. Yeah,
0: I mean that was like one of the main reasons I went to school. I was just like, I want to learn how to do it all. I want to be in control. You know what I mean? And and it just don't work that way. Like, <laughs> I definitely have a better handle on it, on uh, just whatever it is that I want to do, and and uh, also know at the same time. If I want something that's really, 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 really dope, I, I have to like be a team player and uh, got to have a crew if you want it to look good. So, yeah. And because being an indie artist, there are, there's hills and
1: valleys. You haven't always been happy with the way you've been marketed. If you aren't investing enough time into your projects or into your writing in order to be better exposed, there's no blueprint out there to achieve perfect, harmonious balance between creating and exposure and then consumers connecting with the music and buying it. Now, you've put in your 10,000 hours. What have you learned so
0: far? Something that my teachers told me. Like, you know, if anything can go wrong, it will. And so you just be prepared. And also just learning how to change the narrative. I know that's like been like a popular phrase uh, within the past year or so, but like it's real. You know what I'm saying? So like making sure that you like it first. You know what I'm saying? Doing it for yourself, do it for you. But also, like, when things don't go your way, don't be afraid to, like, you know, just ride ride the wave to, like, coast a little bit. And then, you know, I mean, that's about it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't really that deep. It's just, like, learning how to where and when to <laughs> tuck your arrogance and and remain humble and
1: doing you. But in order to make a living doing this music thing, we're not talking about creating a Jesus walks. We're talking making beats every day, beat tapes for every month. It's a grind and a hustle. So how do you make sure you're making quality over quantity and not getting burnt out? You know why why attribute consistency as a barometer to success? I mean, you can create a beat for the heart of song and get a paycheck that you can live off of for five years. Is that not success? Do you think there needs to be a demand,
0: man? I don't know. I really don't know. It, I don't think there isn't uh, a demand, but I will say this, like I, uh, I do a little bit of everything, you know, as far as like production, you know, I don't just like just produce for red man and you know, like myself or whatever and crumb like, I also work with like licensing companies. This company called uh, Mormoset. So like you know, I'm actually working with the team there and like I will do something for like uh commercial, uh, you know, television and film and hand it off and then they'll listen, they'll send notes and then I'll apply the notes. So, you know, there's a team effort there. You know, I I'm under their direction pretty much, you know, they'll be like I need something Let's high-energy, not-so-boom-bap, uh, you know, they'll just give me notes and be like, and then make references, and and then uh, I just keep applying the notes until we get it to where we want it, you know what I mean? Everybody's on the same page, and then, you know, so I'm doing things like that. I'm also, like, you know, I mean, I got a a degree in, like, film and video, and so, like, I do, like, that on the side as well, you know what I'm saying? So, I got my hand in a little bit of everything well as a man who has his hand in everything you're,
1: you're a guy who's skilled in production raps you're a person who can shoot film you're doing production out of necessity because nobody else is doing beats for you it took you 17 years to come out with a full body of work a full album with has it raps and has it beats it's almost a project that should have came out 15 years ago but maybe you didn't have all the tools back then to do that is that kind of uh, you know, it, maybe it was rooted in insecurity as a young
0: man getting started in this industry
1: or you wanted to get all these tools first before you attacked a project like that?
0: Man, I really don't know. I, <laughs> honestly, I, it's like, it's weird. It's so weird. I, I feel like the raps like came later because I, maybe I was insecure with those. You know what I'm saying? I was in, insecure with the raps because I didn't feel like they were sharp enough or whatever. But yeah, man, Um I honestly don't know. I just kept doing. I just kept creating and Yeah, man. Kinda got lost in the sauce and but like just maybe I just had a good time doing it,
1: really. Dude, I you know, I love that. A lot of people be like, Oh, here's my five point plan. Uh this is what I did, A, B, C and then D E F, you know, so that's it's kinda cool. You just you do what you love and
0: Yeah, man, and just being surrounded by like Wonder Brown and and uh scribbling idiots. Just being surrounded by like people that that tell you that it's dope or it's whack or What's the status of Muddy Waters too? what's taking so long on that record? I don't know, Reggie Noble. What's taking so long, Mr. Noble? <laughs> <laughs> nah. He uh you know, like um, he just wanna make it right. You know? He wants it to be right. If it's gonna be released, it has to be like Right, you got to make sure he's messing with the right people. But he is about to drop an EP, and I have like a couple on the EP. I have a couple on Muddy Waters too. But like we've been working, we, me and him alone have enough to put out an album. But it's not gonna happen because of like sample clearance and also just like you know what's gonna sound right on the record. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, he's just trying to get it right. Yeah, look for the EP. I don't know what the EP is going to be called, but he's going to drop the EP first and then Muddy Waters 2. I, I have an unpopular opinion. And for those
1: that don't know why the first Muddy Waters was such an important album, Redman, I think, remembers his Muddy Waters album and his work with Method Man. It, it went on to change Def Jam forever because Def Jam, they needed something because I guess at the time there wasn't too much music flowing through Def Jam to pay the bills. And they put the Muddy Waters record out, and it brought them so much money. So people associate Muddy Waters with Red Man Saving Def Jam. And that's mm. such a grandiose idea. I don't think a sequel album is going to be able to accomplish as much as that one. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I think a lot of uh, OG rappers are going to the well, and they're coming out with
0: sequel albums. I don't think anything can live up to the iconic originals. So yeah, It never can, you know what I mean? Because it was a a specific time that, that 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 came out you know what i mean and with that time then there's these feelings like it was a it was a totally different feeling then too so i mean and sonically things were different <laughs> so yeah but uh i mean hopefully he'll be able to um do the same for this time but just different if you know what i mean
1: Absolutely, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm not excited about the record I just know how monumental the first one was So, right. uh, yeah, you know, I'm in agreement You posted on Twitter, and I couldn't agree more That 2019 is the year of the MC and the producer project So let's talk about that That Crumb album, It's it's been a week mm-hmm. How has the reception been? Maybe the euphoria has worn off, the dust has settled Are you happy with how the project came out? Oh my goodness, It's. I'm still getting hit
0: up for that Like... making break up saving every from the God of jacob and moses decompose till the book closes off the chain off the hooks I mean it's a blessing people like bang, bang, you, you know play your album for 2 days and they would be like all right when's the next one coming out you know what i mean like i'm like <laughs> so like the the response has been like insane and i'm overwhelmed by it like every day like I'm hardly online <laughs> now because of it. Like I'm just like, oh man, Still talk about this album, like I've turned into the I'm I've turned into the fan with the ADD. I'm like, Y'all still talk about this? Hey <laughs> like, Well for you um, it's like eight month old project. For us it's a week old, so Yeah, for sure. Lapping <laughs> up the water like an animal or human being, acting how I wanna but I'm rapping how I really mean. What? Vaseline. Hey, I was drinking agua from the grotto, sprung a bottle of Moscato. Post- but a like yeah, tub. man. Like it was just it was it's been great. I mean, I, I I'm at, I'm speechless. Well, it seems like
1: you're happy with the outcome. There were 9 songs that didn't make the album, and instead of scraping it or not scraping it, you wanted to do something special with it. I like now that we've <laughs> established that you're happy with the album, can you walk me through the decision of maybe the decision-making process in going the route of not trimming the fat, maybe turning it into a double album, but it seems like the way it came out is the way you wanted it to come out, but maybe there was a decision like, hey, let's keep all the songs we did, come out with a double album, maybe let's not put it on cassette.
0: Oh, no. Well, yeah. See, this, most of these uh, ideas come from Crumb, and so you know, there's like (laughs) there's like joints on you know, the SPAT EP that did I want it on like here's mud in your eye, you know what I'm saying? But I just kind of like followed his lead. I trusted him, you know, cause he kind of like had a system, you know what I mean? He, he had a listening party. He actually had like all these song titles like on paper and with check boxes and like just had a listening party and checked off which, you know, who liked what. And I was like, all right, you know, so I kind of like followed his lead on that, you know, and trusted him and, you know uh he's definitely a veteran i look up to him i was like a fan of his from way back so but uh like some of my favorite joints are i like on the spat you know he would bring these ideas to me you know like the cassette and we talked about vinyl and we just thought um we would do something special for each project we and so we did something different each time um and so for like the first project we did there was a cassette. There was like different artwork and and hoodies, you know, merch, and and then for like his mud in your eye, we also did a cassette, but it's a it's a USB cassette, and also you know merch. That's dope. And you and Johas, you linking up and crafting something special. Can you speak on that? Yeah, me and Johas always uh, always working, man. I feel like I talk to him like twice a week. You know, oh, uh, that's my
1: dog. Man, you seem unfazed. You know what kind of research work I had to do to, to get information like that? That stuff's not on the internet, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I just talked to
0: him, like, last night. So it's just like, oh, yeah, Joe Haas. Like, <laughs> yeah, my man. Like, so, like, you know, we were talking last night. Like, yo, man, when are we going to put out this Joe haas And I was just like, yo, we need to be on it. Like. I'm with it. I got you, and he's just like, "Yo, I need this beat." Da, da 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 da. And I like, you know, say no more. I sent it to him, and like, we just like, just working through it and just knocking out tracks, and and just pretty much the same process, you know, just knocking out tracks and then looking at it all and seeing what what's God, gonna work. You, you might be
1: the busiest man in hip hop because he even got a new pre order up. I love it down here. I was just, man, I was surprised to see much so much Don will on there. I know you were on his last album, but I didn't realize that you guys were so tight, or maybe that collab bared so many fruits. Maybe you could talk a little bit about
0: that, oh yeah, Don will is my dog, like I um, I did not know him, I did not get to know him until I moved to Portland like i was I seen him on the front cover of like a local magazine in Cincinnati, like, right before I left. It was Tanya Morgan, but it was, like, four of them at the time. And I went to Scribble Jam, and, like, I didn't see him, But, I, you know, uh, but we have, like, crazy, like, mutual friends, right? You know, I just hit him up, and because we collaborate. We've been collaborating since 08, something like that. And uh, I was just like, yo, man, won't you, like, uh, be my ghost face? You know what I'm saying? To my Cuban link. You know what I'm saying? Let's do this. And he was just like, Yo, I'm I'm with it. And then yeah, man. It's funny, man, because like while I was recording, he hits me with that feature. And I ended up on his album and and it came out before mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean Von P was uh he was on the show a couple months ago and he was telling me about that creative process. So uh yeah, I'm gonna pre order as soon as we get off the phone here, I'm gonna pre order that. And um I just wanna I just want to thank you, man, for coming on the show. And let me tell you, if I get popular, if this show takes off and Spotify gives me a big check, I'm going to march to the CEO of Spotify and I'm going to tell them I want a theory has a culinary podcast, man. That's my vision. Wow.
0: That's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. It needs to happen. Yo, that's, that's, uh, I have some old footage of like, uh, of uh, a cooking show that I, like, I dreamed of doing. And so I did like four shows, one with crumb, uh, and then like, uh, one with like Cookbook, one with like Darrell Jr. and even the old humble beast one. But like the the footage is so trash that I'm gonna like just doctor it up like <laughs> and like make it a like a little short comedy or something. I don't know. But uh Quest Love has way too much monopoly
1: on the on the on the cookbook rap market. So and I'm talking about taking it all the way back from spinning dough at Papa John's, because I bet you can make a fire-ass pizza. So go oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, son. <laughs> yeah. Dope, man. Well, let's stay in touch, and uh, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, yeah, man. It made my day.